Welcome to Illumin America, a podcast created by the U.S. Baha'i Office of Public Affairs. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Illumin America is a podcast that explores constructive solutions to some of America's most pressing social issues. Today, we're back in Durham, North Carolina, with our race discourse officers, PJ Andrews and May Lample. And if you missed the first part of this two-part interview, I recommend going back and checking it out first. We're going to be hearing more from a team working in Durham to implement a Baha'i-inspired community building program. They're going to explore some questions with us. What motivates people to sustain participation in such a program? How do you build bonds of trust that are stronger than long-standing prejudice? And what does it look like to see an abstract vision slowly become reality right before your eyes? Let's hear from Durham. It might be nice to hear a little bit about, as you so nicely explained the program and its impact, it might be nice to hear about what some of the motivation to put for people to participate also because we know that apathy and passivity are sort of strong forces that are acting on all of us in society and you can, it's very easy to become disillusioned. So what makes the young people and the families and parents really want to participate and stay in this process, even despite challenges that arise? I would say from past experience, parents have seen growth in their child, language, um, how they're speaking, the approach of behavior. I would say also consistency, because we're also that's one of our big things is being consistent with our junior youth, whether they're still a part of group or not. We still try to keep everyone involved and just help and find ways for everyone to be included, no matter what we do in the community. Prayers, devotionals, you know, youth night. Yeah, I think parents really respect, like Malaysia was saying, the consistency to show up show your face, stay in contact, and uh, and also see the the children's growth, like she said. And, uh, you know, I've had personal experiences just recently where parents would say, you know, I've, I've literally noticed my children treating their siblings better, treating me with more respect, treating their peers with more respect. And it correlates with the time frame that they've been in this group. And so they've noticed that the group has made differences beforehand, even before we get them involved. It's really nice to, um, well, once we start to talk to the parents and tell them about the program in depth, really, in my experience, a majority of the time, if not like 90% of the time, if not more, the parents are receptive to what we're saying. And they're intrigued and interested in what this program could do for their children. And even more times than not, they're excited to have their children involved. So once we explain the program, how systematic it is and how uplifting it is and what our efforts are, it's really not challenging to get the parents on board, but the children, especially in that time frame where, like you were saying, May, so many social forces of apathy and lethargy are um, weighing on these children with the technology and whatnot. So really, you know, I try to excite the children by personally, this is something I do. Um, it's kind of an individual approach. It's try to get the kids excited. Let them know that this is for the community. This is for you to be involved with other peers that are looking to persevere in life. But also as young people, we like to have fun. We like to do activities. We like to get your body moving, make sure that you're educated on health and 
how to have fun and be joyful. How can you have fun in the neighborhood, talking to your neighbors and uplifting your community? Yeah, very much what Malik was saying was very true. I can't even say that this program has, you know, changed my life and had many influences on on things, the environment, the people, the spiritual atmosphere. And I'm sure what I learned, I can rope off on my journeys and carry these, you know, spiritual virtues and assistance and give them the environment they haven't, you know, felt or been approached with that can lead them in the right path in life. And that's what really helps motivate motivate me and also motivate my youth to still, you know, be involved and be a part, even if they're just by themselves. I think the motivation in a program like this is quite tough because because it is a it is a new program and and in the expression of the program and like every different place it's established there's a process of learning into how to establish it how to help the young people connect to it how to yeah how to find young people who are going to be connected to the program like animators and how to how, how to help them to sort of maintain their vision in, in a process in a process of learning which sees which can see like a lot of ups and downs we can see, which can see like the fluctuation of the participation in, in an individual group vary greatly so helping the youth to stay motivated with a with a strong vision while those ups and downs are happening is very challenging I think the question of motivation is one that we've been thinking about a lot. You know, I think there are many forces that contribute to motivation and we're thinking and we're learning about the conditions that enable motivation to be both awakened and sustained over time. Um, One of these is, of course, understanding the force that comes through understanding. We, We know that there is a longing in every human heart for meaning and that every soul every human being yearns to understand the purpose of their existence and not only do they yearn for meaning it also yearns for this meaning to find expression in this world and so one thing we have found helpful is to you know describe this path that the institute has traced out in relation to this purpose as a means in which you know, their moral purpose in life can both be gradually discovered and and exercised. And at the core of this process is really the the belief that every human being has a purpose that is twofold, to to develop themselves intellectually and spiritually, but but also contribute to to the advancement of society. That being said, (laughs) some, you know, some tend to believe that if one understands a thing very well, then one will also necessarily act on it. Um, But we've seen that the equation is not that simple. You know, we just to know something is not the same as being acutely aware of it and allowing it to influence our thoughts and our actions consistently. And so in some ways, not only does thinking 
um, need to be reshaped, but also the internal convictions of people need to be transformed. So the convictions around who they are, around what their purpose in life is, around their identity as members of the human race, convictions around the, the role that they play in the advancement of society and whatnot. So in some ways, I think this is our frontier of, of learning, you know, how to create an educational process with conditions that enable people to become transformed not only in mind, but also in heart. And I think that that applies to everyone, us included. I want to just tell the story of one child, you know, and, and some of his experiences that he's shared with us about, and some of the things his mom shared with us about why he really wants to participate and, and why he feels so motivated to come each week. This um, young man, he's, I think, six years old. And I, I guess to sort of preface this story, when I, I think for a lot of young people, when they're first kind of joining, you know, we, we knock on the door and we, we try and have the, these pretty elevated conversations, you know, at the beginning. But at the same time, a lot of times, you know, it is the environment I think that attracts a lot of people in addition to the ideas and so I think for this this six-year-old you know at first like he was just excited to be able to get out of the house and, and be with an environment of friends and, and participating in safe and uplifting musical artistic activity on his block but this young man you know he had a really hard time participating in harmony with the other ones, uh, with the other children his age. He would get lots of fights and arguments. And, you know, the teacher had to go talk with his mom a few times. And, and the mom said, you know, this always happens. Every single program he ever goes to, he gets kicked out of, you know. Um, and I always get calls from whether it's the library or the school that he's in trouble. And, you know, this mom very much cares about her son, obviously. And so she she said, I, I just can't let him participate in anything. And, you know, her thinking was she just wanted to keep her her son safe and, and didn't want him getting yelled at and in trouble. And um, so she just was like, I'm just, the only solution she could come to was, I'm just not going to let have him go to any program, you know, anymore. Which was really sad because even though he... Uh, was getting in a lot of trouble in all these these places. He really wanted to connect. He just didn't know how. So the teacher started um, creating a space for him just one on one, and he would do the lessons one on one. You know, she could help him a lot with his his reading, and I think created the kind of relationship that can be a catalyst for for transformation. You know, and by the you know the the end of it. You know, I think maybe, you know, he was in the program for maybe six months or a year before the, the family had to move out of the neighborhood. You know, he was telling us stories about how in class the teacher was like, who knows what the word generous means? And his hand went up and, and she was like, you know what the word generous means? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, generous is when you share the things you have with others. And she's like, how did you learn that? You know, because she just didn't expect that this young man who's always getting in trouble would know, you know, some of these concepts and words and, and be able to share them so 
clearly and eloquently, and, and he said, you know, I learned it in my children's class in the neighborhood. I have the nicest teacher. And he was like, can I share with you more of the quotes? And she started letting him do little presentations for the class on, on the different ideas he was learning about. Um, and so being able to have a space like this and look past some of the, the, the external behavior that maybe one, in, in, in many places, people would say, oh, they're not motivated. You know, they, they're, they don't really want to do this. They're not really taking it seriously. But, you know, being able to look past that and, and create the kinds of conditions that can cultivate, you know, some some sort of like successful, positive uh, participation has also had a reinforcing effect on this young man's ability to participate prosperously and harmoniously in other environments um, in his life as well. Thank you for sharing that. It might be nice to explore um, some of the approaches and methods that you guys are using in the community building process that have led to bonds of intimacy or trust or mutual understanding across what are, what are perceived as like dividing lines in the neighborhood. So it could be either lines of race or whatever sort of keeps people naturally apart. How have you been able to overcome some of those forces? Um, I think you can break some of those barriers. Well, with the tools that we have, what I'm referring to as tools is the junior youth program itself and everything that comes with it, being associated with it and having all the information and knowledge and experience of being within the program as an individual like myself. So when I go to a person's door, when a stranger knocks on your door and maybe a different color, different race or different ethnicity than you, and you might be weary at first, once I start to explain what my goal is, what I'm trying to do, the virtues that I carry, the spiritual concepts that I'm trying to share and grow within myself, automatically, not automatically, but sometimes automatically, those stereotypes or those prejudgments fall very quickly. So that's one That's one idea that I, I like to carry with me is that, you know, a smile and sincerity can go a long way. Once you get one-on-one -on -one with another human being and you're able to connect with them on conversation, you know, those barriers can be broken down pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm... I'm the only member of the team who's um, like white from a different background than the majority. Yeah, white. I mean, but just because like you guys are black and then Shadi's um, Latina, and so she can connect really well with a lot of the Spanish speaking families. So I've been, I was just sitting here thinking like, I, I, and part of it is I'm probably uh, like when I think about like what allows connections to form, like. Part of it, I'm like, I'm not really sure because I think a lot of the knowledge that allows it to happen is kind of tacit knowledge. You know, like you're kind of talking about Malik, like just kind of like the, the way you are, the the smile, the the desire to to know people, the sincerity, the the virtue you try to embody. You know, but then I was also thinking just like some of the things that I've tried to do, like you know, pretty consciously that we're, we're trying to learn about. I think one thing, of course, like that was already mentioned, but um, to reiterate is to, to be patient whenever there isn't trust, you know, or whenever people are a little bit uncomfortable at first. I mean, people are not used to having 
people come knock on their door and say, hey, do you want to participate in the betterment of your community? Do you want to join a neighborhood educational program? Or You know, it's, it's just, I think, not a common way that people usually engage in, in you know, um, service or participate in, in some sort of civic engagement. So then naturally, and then of course you add like the fact of like being a white guy, like in an all black neighborhood, a lot of times people are kind of like, oh, do you know like anything about this neighborhood? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I actually, you know, uh, spent a lot of time at the university and they're like, oh really? Wow, that's interesting. You know, like there was a, a group of youth one time who, after we became friends, you know, like, and they came to a few meetings and, 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 you know, we kind of broke the ice and, and we'd hung out at their house a few times. They, they were kind of laughing in my car and they were like, they're like, Hey, so Nate. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, so, uh, we've been wondering for a while. Like, uh, and I was like, Oh yeah, tell me like, what is it? They're like, so are, are you black? And I'm like, clearly like the whitest guy in the world. So I'm like, no, I'm not black. <laughs> like, I'm not black. Like, that's an issue. But like, uh, and they're like, uh, uh, I'm just a little white guy. They're like, oh, yeah, man. You know, because sometimes, like, people don't look black, but, like, they're really black. And, like, we just, like, we were just wondering. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, uh, nope, just white guy. And they're like, so uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they just, it was, like, a, kind of a new thing to see a, a white guy, like, participating in this way in the community. So I think, like, part of it is just, like, just being present over time and I'm trying to become one with my fellow man but also be conscious you know of some of the things that I have to try to do as as a white person to you know kind of prove my sincerity to to make genuine relationships to sometimes you know be quieter or or be really conscious of of creating opportunity and inequality I mean and equality in light of such a history of, of inequality or sometimes for some people just in light of like a lack of history of interacting with people of, of a different race or background and, and that goes for myself too you know and um, the other thing I've, I was thinking about that I try to do consciously is like I have tried to learn the history of the place I have tried to you know, learn learn the history of, of the institutions that are here and to, you know, become familiar with the general discourse of, of the community in a very limited way, just, you know, through reading books and whatnot, but then also to really try and get to know the person I'm, I'm, I'm talking to and their personal history and to be, of course, aware of certain national and historical trends, but then to not sort of read every situation into those stereotypically or to generalize, you know, but to really try and get to know everybody's life story that I am interacting with, which I think beyond shaping the way that we interact and engage allows other people to know that I know them, you know, um, and, and create a lot of the, the safety and friendship and love. Cause I mean, once you know people's, stories you know your appreciation for their their you know their being uh, increases so much uh, in and of itself of course i'm trying to improve and enhance my ability to connect with people of all of all backgrounds what confirmations are you experiencing around the vision of this process becoming more of a reality in your community i would say the confirmation I received is basically in order for things to happen, 
you need to put in action and stay dedicated and consistent. Your word, meaning, and involvement in the community. And I can see that he's been leading a path for me to help assist others. I think maybe the concept of unity deserves some comment. I think in the last few years, we have been able to just see a growing number of people, whether it's those who are in this call right now, mothers in the neighborhood, children, young people, achieve like a higher degree of unity in a sense. And I think one, like, and I'll describe it different ways that I've seen it. One is just through the love and friendship and fellowship that we see amongst this group of people. But the other is also the unity of purpose that, that we all have. Like ours is a, is a very purposeful association. You know, we are working together, laboring in a, in a common enterprise to really create patterns of community life that are that take both spiritual prince that take a spiritual principles in into mind and I see it also in the way that some of the young people that we're engaging are, are beginning to think about their life. Like I there's a, a children's class teacher who she she was studying psychology at North Carolina Central University and after holding a children's class in the neighborhood for for six months, she reconsidered her path, her professional path, and decided to go into education. And the reason was because she had seen, interacted with this particular educational process and interacted with the children in the neighborhood, and also had studied a course on the spiritual education of children uh, that is part of the training for, for teachers. And so I think this, this decision, or, or we have another animator who is on the track to become, to get his law degree. And when I first met him, he said, I want to go into corporate law. And after about a year of animating a junior youth group in the neighborhood, Nathan and I were having conversations with him. And he said, you know, my interests have changed. You know, I, I realize that there is so much, so many questions around the concept of justice that I think as a lawyer, I would like to to begin to learn about. And I don't think I'm interested in corporate law. You know, the, the, the reason why I wanted to go into corporate law is because of the income that I would be having. But after, the, the, you know, this whole year has allowed me to reflect on the principles behind my choices. And so I think we also see it in these small little things that often happen and in, in interactions we, we're having with with the friends that we're serving with. There is an impact, there is a, an influence that the Institute process is having in, in the minds and in the hearts of, of, of everyone involved. It's really nice to get to hear what's happening in Durham. I think it's really rich what you guys are sharing and it's helpful. Um, for our work and for also other people engaged in the community building process. Thank you.